Hi everyone, welcome back to Sunday School Online. This is Pastor Pete bringing you this week's message. Uh, I hope that you guys are all staying safe and healthy at home, that you're all doing okay. I know I miss you greatly here, uh, but we are going to continue in our Gospel Project series, which takes us all the way through the Bible in three years. Last week we saw that John pointed people to Jesus, that he said that he must decrease, but Jesus must increase. And so Jesus is going to be starting his ministry. And of course, when you start a ministry, what do you do? You start with disciples. And so today we're gonna to look at how Jesus chose his 12 disciples, as well as what the call to discipleship means. First, let me ask you, how many of you guys have ever played the game Guess Who? It's a really fun game that me and V love to play at home. The way you play is by, uh, or the goal of the game is to guess who the person the other player has by using or uh, guessing defining appearances or characteristics of that person. And so the idea is simply saying, hey, does your person have red hair? If so, you knock down everyone who doesn't have red hair. If they say no, then you knock down the people who do have red hair until you narrow it down to one person. And I like to think about this game when we think about disciples. Because if I asked you to guess who Jesus chose as disciples, I'm sure some of you guys would say, well, Jesus chose the smartest people, but he didn't. Maybe you say Jesus would have chosen the richest people. He didn't. Maybe it was the people who just looked really, really good, like the religious leaders. Well, he didn't choose those people either. The 12 people Jesus chose to be his disciples were really uh, not who you would be expecting. And so that's what we're gonna be looking at today. Today we're going to be learning that Jesus chose 12 men to follow him, most of them from all different backgrounds. He had fishermen, he had tax collectors, he had a Jewish radical, and then he had many others join his ministry as he traveled around Israel. Parents, I am gonna be doing some things just a little bit different today. Uh, I'm actually gonna have you read these passages to your children. And then I have just a few questions that I want you as a parent to talk about with your kids at home. Uh, things that you see from the passages and then at the end of today's lesson you're going to have some questions to talk about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. So if you would take your Bibles, uh, grab them and open them up to Matthew chapter 4 verses 18 through 22. Uh, you're going to take a few moments just to read this story together and then you could pause the video at the slide with the questions and talk about these three questions in this passage together as a family. See, Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee when he called some of his first disciples. He called out to Peter and Andrew who were out in a fishing boat, or actually who were mending their nets or fixing them up, and he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Immediately, Peter and Andrew jump out of their boat, drop their nets, and follow after Jesus. I mean, they left everything behind, and to immediately do that, did that surprise you at all? But see, the crazy thing is that it happens again. Jesus is walking a little bit further down the shore and he sees James and John with their father and he calls out to them, follow me. Not only do they drop their nets, they leave their boats behind, but they also leave their father behind to chase after Jesus. Now, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through 13. You're going to read this passage together again as a family and you're going to answer just a few more questions that you'll see up here on the screen. Thank you. 
See, Jesus was going through the town and he called out to Matthew or Levi in some other gospels uh, who was a tax collector. Now, tax collectors are people who were despised. A lot of them cheated the system and stole money from people. And so they would collect for the government and hold some for themselves. Now, these people were not liked by the Israelites. So when Jesus walks by Matthew and calls Matthew to follow after him, I'm sure the rest of the people were thinking, why do you want Matthew? Why do you want a tax collector? But Matthew's response is immediate. He gets up and he follows Jesus. But then Matthew decides that he's going to throw Jesus a party and he invites all of his other tax collector friends and quote unquote sinners. Now what's, here, what's interesting here is the religious leaders complained to Jesus' disciples and said, why does your teacher want to eat with people like this? They're dirty, they're nasty, they're wicked, they're evil. I mean, they're gross people. Why are you associating with them? Jesus heard the response of these religious leaders and took some time to explain something. The people who are healthy don't need a doctor, but the people who are sick do. Jesus said, I did not come for the righteous, but I came for those who are sinners. Jesus wanted to make sure that the people understood why he actually came. He came to save the people from their sins and that they should look to him for help. He didn't come for the wealthy or the healthy people. He came to save all of those who were desperately in need. Now, to be fair, Jesus came to die for all sinners, and we are all sinners. But the problem here was that the Pharisees or the religious leaders didn't see themselves as sinners. They thought they had done enough good to earn their way into heaven. And so this blinded them to their need for Jesus in their life. Now Jesus calls a whole lot of other people. If you continue on in Luke chapter 6, 12 through 16, you'll see that Jesus chose 12 special people, what we call the 12 disciples or the 12 apostles. And it says in Luke 6, 12 through 16, that these men were chosen to be apostles or messengers to go out uh, for Jesus to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. These 12 men were Simon, who Jesus named Peter, Andrew, Peter's brother, James and John, the fishermen, or the sons of Zebedee, or the sons of thunder, elsewhere known, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, the tax collector, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, a zealot, or Jewish extremist, and Judas, the son of James. And then there was Judas Iscariot, who would betray Jesus. Now, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 9 and look at verses 57 through 62. And you're going to talk about what it means to be a disciple or the cost that comes with being a disciple of Jesus Christ. And then I want you to talk about these following questions. See, the disciples had left basically everything they had to follow after Jesus and to obey him. The fishermen walked away from their boats, the tax collector away from his wealthy job. Uh, others walked away from their family. These men were far from perfect, but what drew Jesus to them was their willingness to respond in obedience to his call to follow after him. But not everyone responded in this same way. If you notice that in this passage you read, Jesus called to a man and said, follow me. 
but he said, first let me go bury my father. He wasn't willing to leave things behind to follow after Jesus. See, the call to follow Jesus is not an easy one. Jesus said, anyone who wants to follow after me must deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me. That simply means to put one's self or self-interest aside and to do everything for Christ or to follow after what Christ wants them to do. That's what it means to be his disciple. See, Jesus calls us to do the same. He calls us to follow after him. The question is, are we really willing to do that? It's why each of us need to think through the cost and ask ourselves, are we willing to really give up everything and leave things behind to follow after Jesus? Jesus promises life to those that follow him and become his disciples. He says that they will receive eternal life or they'll be a part of God's kingdom. Yet to those that walk away from Jesus's call to follow after him and choose something else in life, the Bible makes it clear that they're going to pass away just like the things that they cling to will. See, everything in this life is temporary, even our own life. We're only gonna live so long. But Jesus promises us something better than anything that can be found in this life. It's eternal life, and that can only be found in Him. Parents, I want you to take a few minutes right now uh, to talk to your children about what it actually means to give up things for Christ. What does that look like in your life? Or maybe what did you have to leave behind in order to follow Jesus? Now, both of these questions are really important, parents, and it's why this is the reason I wanted you to talk to your kids about this. A lot of times we focus on losing things when we talk about following Christ. However, we really need to be focused on what do we gain when we follow Christ. The Bible makes it very clear that when we follow Christ, we have a freedom that we never had before, and we gain so much more in Christ, starting with eternal life, forgiveness for sins, and the Holy Spirit. Remember, Jesus became human to obey the Father's plan and to rescue sinners like his disciples and us from our sins. And just as Jesus called his disciples and apostles to follow after him, and they responded obediently, we need to do the same as well. The question I want you guys to think about is this, are you willing to leave everything behind to cling onto Jesus Christ and to follow him. I hope and pray to see you guys back here at Garden Chapel soon. We greatly miss you and I'm praying for you. We'll see you later, bye.